most of us have never seen numbers like this. We haven't seen this kind of an exodus from companies in in our prof- in our careers. It just hasn't happened. I'm going to review a bunch of the stats with you. If you haven't heard the term, the great resignation, you ought to Google that term. And, uh, and you'll come across a gazillion different articles about what's happening. And it's not just in the U.S., it's globally. And, it, and it's not tied to one industry. It's like all industries. This massive a number or percentage of workers who are leaving their jobs, quitting. Well, why are they leaving? And what should companies and leaders be doing to try to hold on to their best people? That's what I want to talk about in this episode. Leadership is the ability to facilitate movement in others toward a destination you can describe. I'm Russ Hill. I help build leaders. And this is the Culture Hacks Podcast. Hey, how's your summer going? Like for most of for most of you, it's summer right now. Hopefully you're getting a chance to break away from your routine. I talked about that in some of the previous episodes. I hope I hope that you're having a great summer. I hope that where you live, that uh, COVID restrictions are eased, the numbers are going down, and that you're you're feeling like way better than you did about life a year ago. Um, for those of you that are new to the podcast, I make my living coaching executives impacting results. I have no salary, no benefits. I don't work for a boss or a company, and uh, all that's new this year. In fact, this episode and what we're going to be talking about is tied to that. The fact that I did resign, I did leave the company, the corporate world, the firm that I was working at for many years, and perhaps we'll get a little bit into, into that in this episode as well. All right, so I've got a new book coming out, um, and I've this will be the third book that I've been a part of. My first book, Decide to Lead, I wrote by myself. It's really me one-on-one with leaders like you. The second book that came out a month after my first book, um, and they were written years apart, but uh, they that that's just how the timing worked. My second book was called Remotability, 12 Tactics to Manage the Culture of Your Suddenly Remote Team. That was written by myself and then two of my buddies, two of my colleagues, Jared Jones and Tanner Corbridge. And uh, and that that's we've had a ton of reaction from from leaders around the world on that one. I, I, in fact, I was doing a, uh, a presentation. I mentioned this in a previous episode, did a, did a, uh, a meeting for an SLT of one of the, the organizations that I work with based around that book recently. And then the next book, the third one is now in the works and will be coming out very soon before the end of the summer. And we've got a title. This is the working title. It's called the great resignation. And then the subtitle is how your employees have changed, and how leaders must adapt. Actually, that's not the title. (laughs) I've got like on my screen here, I've got like a gazillion titles that we were considering. It's the great resignation, how your employees have changed, and five ways leaders must adapt. That's right. Okay. And uh, we should have the cover back next week. I'm super, at the time I'm recording this, super excited about it. I'm making my return to LinkedIn. Usually I post every single day on LinkedIn, but as part of my um, getting off the grid, which I talked about in a previous episode, um, as part of my getting off the grid in the month of June, no social media. 
like except for a couple of family photos or vacation pictures or whatever, uh, nothing. And so I went totally silent. I didn't comment on anybody else's post. I didn't make any post just off the grid. And I'm about to return with a vengeance after, uh, after being off the whole month of June. Okay. And, and so you're going to hear me talking about the great resignation, this book, we'll be announcing it and, and lots more to come, but I want to talk about what we've discovered in researching this book and why we're, why we're writing it and how all of that, um, impacts you. So in organization after organization after organization that I consult and coach, um, I'm hearing the same thing. And it's it's not necessarily as true with the smaller companies, which I consult a few, but it's definitely the case with large corporations, okay, that I work with in multiple industries. And so I'm, I'm hearing this and seeing it right on the front lines. Like these executives are talking to me about it. In fact, I had three calls today. Um, about this. And I had, I had leaders that emailed me different documents that are coming out from um, leaders in their company and reaction and survey results, employees, survey results and different things. And here's, here's what the trend is. Um, Most corporations right now are sending out what they call their um, BTO plan. Have you heard that, right? The BTO back to the office, back to the office plan, the BTO. And they're acronyms for everything in the corporate uh, corporate world, right? So most of those plans in most large corporations are being greeted with boos. Like no one's actually out loud booing because they lose their job, but they're very unhappy, not necessarily with the plan, but how the plan was come up with. So here's some of what I'm seeing. In some organizations, you get a memo out from the CEO that goes out to you know thousands or tens of thousands of people, and they're saying, here's the date you're going to return to the office. And people are going, well, I don't want to go back to the office. And why are we making that company wide? And why are you dictating that to us? Like, that's not the best approach for my team. And in other organizations that I consult, it's the exact opposite. They're saying, we're not coming back to the office, like ever, or you're never going to fully come back. And people are going, whoa, 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 wait. I want to come back or our team wants to come back into the office. We're ready to go. Why, why are you dictating that we can't come at all? And, and so I'll get into some of the data, some of the research, which is just fascinating in just a moment. These numbers are going to, they're just going to blow you away. But, um, what, what I'm sensing or what I'm hearing, I'm not sensing, I'm actually hearing it. People are saying this directly is that what they would prefer is, well, let us decide, like, let that be decided at a lower level. What's best for our team. And a lot of teams, what they prefer, I'm hearing this over and over and over again, is hybrid. Hybrid is the word of the day. We want to be remote a couple of days a week, and we want to be in the office a couple of days a week, and let me and my team decide what's best for us. Don't make it a corporate mandate. And so this is this is just the latest move. These BTOs, back to the office reports or or policies that are going out, Um. They're, they're the latest um, the latest evidence employees are getting that maybe it's time for me to go. Maybe it's time for me to leave this company. So this transition from fully at home to whatever the new policy is for a given company is motivating a ton of people who were already considering leaving their company. And we'll get into why they're thinking about that in a minute. But it's motivating them to actually go further down that track to actually take some steps and action um, based on that. So 
Uh, and this is really good. Even if you work at a smaller company, it's really good for you to know this dynamic is out there and what's going on, right? So let me throw some numbers at you. My, Microsoft surveyed over 30,000 workers, not bears, but just workers of organizations around the globe, 30,000 workers. 41% of the people they surveyed are considering quitting or changing professions. 44 out of 10 employees are considering leaving their job. That's crazy. Another survey um, by another company, and this is people in the UK and Ireland, 38% told this reputable company, 38% said, yeah, I plan to quit in the next six months to a year. I'm planning right now. I've got, I've, I've got it on my mind to leave this company in the next six to 12 months. Stunning numbers. We just haven't seen. No one has seen numbers like this. April alone. So here's another stat that's just crazy. In April of 2021, this year, in the U.S. alone, 4 million people quit their jobs, which is like the highest number. It's just like crazy stats. That's according to the Department of Labor in the U.S. 4 million people in the month of April quit their job. So what's dry? I could throw a lot more stats at you. You'll, you'll, if you're interested in it, we'll be writing about that in the book. We're digging in on all of this right now. It's one of the things I've been working on while off the grid and thinking about and, 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 um, and busy, busy putting out there. And, uh, and, and so I'll save other stats for you for another time, but those are the trend lines. That's what we're seeing out there. And so the question becomes, well, why, why are people quitting? This is super important for us as leaders to know. Here's what the data shows. This is based on a ton of interviews as well as um, qualitative, no, no, excuse me, quantitative, measurable uh, research surveys, right? So I'm going to go through just real quick in this episode, kind of four different things that are happening that people are saying, this is what's motivating me to potentially quit or leave or have already quit. Number one, shift in priorities, okay? And COVID, I've been talking about this, you all, in episodes over the last year. COVID has changed us. Like that experience, you can't, you like just take me for an instance. You can't go from 165 flights a year to like 10 or 20 flights a year and, and not have not be not cause that that's a total different lifestyle and and so it causes you to examine that and for some people it's like man i can't wait to get back out on the road i've talked to a few executives that i coach and they're they're like dying to get back out on the road others are like yeah i'm never going back to that life i i didn't realize all the experiences at home that i was missing or whatever it might be so the point is it's it's causing people to evaluate their lives, their jobs, where they're at. And so it was like this massive global pause button was hit and everybody went home and everybody looked in the mirror and everybody zoomed out and they examined their lives. And a lot of people that's causing them to go, yeah, I, uh, I, 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 I'm not going to keep doing what I've been doing. So a shift in priorities is, is one of the reasons uh, the second reason I want to mention is people have discovered, oh, I really like working at home. Like I can get a lot done and that's like a real viable option and I enjoy it. Now, granted, like I said before, some people don't want to work from home every day, 
And and some people don't want to work from home at all anymore, right? Like th- there's a small percentage that went went to virtual and working at home and decided, yeah, I don't want any of that. And uh, but they're they're the minority. The majority are saying I want to do this at least some of the time. And and the research shows most of us want to determine it on our own. We don't want a boss telling us here's how many days you need to be in the office and let us like we're adults. I remember. Ah, crud. What's her, um, what's her name? The former HR, uh, Patty McCord, Patty McCord, the former, uh, HR executive at Netflix. I remember. And in fact, if you go back to one of the episode, gosh, a year and a half or so ago, when I, maybe two years ago, when I interviewed Patty about her experience as the head of HR, as Netflix was being built, it wasn't this like Disney level or HBO level company, back then, right? Netflix was sending out DVDs and was a small upstart in, in Silicon Valley and uh, trying to get, trying to get a, a foot in the door in, in an industry dominated by, um, by Blockbuster and, uh, and, and D and, uh, what do you call them? VHS rentals and DVD rentals, right? And so Netflix was trying to get in there and they became the disruptor, which ultimately Blockbuster went away and uh, stores like that. And then uh, and then Netflix took advantage of that and they grew dramatically. And I remember one of the things Patty told me about that experience. She's like, you know, and, and by the way, one of the things that Patty and Reed Hastings and, and the group at Netflix is credited with is they really brought this focus on culture. There, there are a few organizations, if you look at Silicon Valley and the tech industry, that, that really pioneered this emphasis on culture. And Patty and uh, Netflix were one of them. And, and what the, one of the aspects of the culture they tried to create as they were recruiting talent in Silicon Valley was, we're going to treat you like adults. And uh, I remember Patty talking to me about that when I interviewed her for the show um, a year and a half, two years ago, whenever that was. And, uh, and so... People want to be, my point is people want to be treated as adults. And when the CEO or some executive off somewhere sends an email to all of us saying, this is the policy of how often you're going to be in the office and all of that, people go, yes. I mean, it's it's almost like, like you want me to stand and salute, like we're in the military or, or you think you're my dad or my mom and you don't think that I'm old enough or mature enough to make those decisions on my own. So the second point is people transition to the stay-at-home opportunity and they want to keep it or they want to say in what that looks like. So that's causing a massive shift in the workforce. Okay, so the first two reasons people are quitting or there's so much movement, shift in priorities, personal priorities. Second, this transition and opening up of potentially working at home. The third is pursuing a dream job. Like that's really interesting to me that um, there are a lot of people, and I think this is tied to the first one, like shift in priorities, where people are going, you know what? I actually, um, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to, I'm going to, th- this is the my ideal job. This is what I want to do, and I'm going to go for it. And by the way, you all, all of these affected me. Like I'm a living example of all of these. Shift in priorities, yep, that affected me. 165 flights, never again. Now, do I want to never fly? No. I've been flying during COVID. In fact, one of one of a, a Fortune 10 company, one of the executives of a Fortune 10 company, he 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 was joking with me maybe six months ago, and like Rush, you're the only person I know who like still got on a plane, still traveled uh, during COVID, and we would laugh about that. 
um, because his company wasn't allowing anyone to, to travel at all. Uh, Fortune 10 company, huge company, tens of thousands of employees. And, uh, and it's not true. I'm, I'm certainly not someone who's traveled a ton, but I did keep traveling at least a little bit. So uh, my priorities shifted, though. I don't, I don't want to stay at home all the time, but I also don't want to be on the road that much. And, and there were other shifts in my priorities. And then I, like, I, like equity and, and, and I, I just I no longer wanted to spend time in meetings I thought were a complete waste of time. I just got to a point in my, my life when I feel like I've got enough experience and age and whatever that I, I, I'm kind of done being asked to go to a gazillion meetings that I think, okay, what, what's the purpose of this meeting? Why was I invited? Why aren't we like, I am done with that. And, uh, and so I, I, I wanted more control over that. I'm in mean, lots of other things. And then working from home, like we used to have a shipping department at the firm that I worked for, we would ship out materials. So I'd be, let's say I'm going to Boston on Tuesday and I'm meeting with 200 whatever leaders and we would ship workbooks and different things or copies of, you know, physical book. And we'd put them on the chairs and have them ready as we started the meeting. Well, that shipping department went away and we stopped printing everything during COVID and we'll never go back. And then we had a travel department that coordinated all of our travel and that went away. And then like all these things shifted. And so what I realized was, well, I don't need that big company with all of that support anymore. I, I don't, I don't need that. And so I can work from home and, uh, and I can, I can still do what I did before. I mean, it, I'm doing it differently, but working from home worked for me and, and then, um, pursuing a dream job. This is my dream job, what I'm doing now. Um, okay. So that's number three, people pursuing their dream job. Number four. The last item I want to talk about in this uh, this quick episode is um, this is this is just not good, you guys. Um, the fourth reason why people are leaving, and these are in no particular order, um, according to the data, is people learned things about their employer during the pandemic they that bother them. And when we say they learn things about their employer, we're talking about their leader, their boss. Their boss's boss, their colleagues, they learn things about the people they work for and with, and they don't want to be part of that anymore. Their values are different than their company's values, or they, they've got more of an innovative. And some of this isn't, I, I guess I shouldn't characterize it as bad because some of it is just, well, it's insightful. I gained insight into how my boss thinks, and I thought she didn't think that way. And it doesn't, it's not aligned with the way I think. And I don't want to work for a company that's so hesitant to take a risk, or I don't want to work for a company that moves so quickly and doesn't really evaluate the, what, what it's doing, you know, or fill in the blank for whatever it might be. I don't want to work for, for that leader or that type of organization anymore. And, uh, I've, man, is this one super, um, like I can validate this all over the place. I remember, especially in the first three or four months of COVID of the, of the lockdown kind of around the globe, just how many leaders I was talking to, uh, who were really frustrated. They were disappointed in how their company was responding to various things. And the, 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 the opposite of that's true. I heard a lot of people that were like super excited and, and gained a lot of respect for their boss or their company, but you, you really saw this divide, the, the, this polarization over here, a group of people, a percentage 
that were just so disappointed on what they learned about their company or their culture or whatever it might be. And then you've got this other group that, wow, that, the company really impressed me. So that's another reason. What, what we learned about our employers or our companies during the pandemic is driving people to make a move. So those are just four quick reasons. We're, we're gathering tons of data in the middle of writing this book right now. And I wanted to share it with you, one, because I'm, I'm jacked about it. Anytime you write a book, you just get excited about it, especially when the idea comes together in your mind and you've you brainstormed it and you've talked with people about it and you've got kind of the title that you want to go with and you got the idea and you've got the outline going and now you've got stories and you got people sending you different things and and um, and and you feel like man, there's there's I've got something to say here that's going to help people that's going to bring value to them. And I, I can't wait to get it out. That's the stage I'm in right now. So I absolutely love writing books and putting out content that I think can help leaders. Like one of the most rewarding things for me is the feedback, the, the direct messages I get um, or emails or whatever it might be. And they pop up a few times a week, some, some weeks more than others. Um, and from somebody who discovered the book decide to lead and just sends me a note, finds me on social media or connects with me and sends me a note. And it's just, I mean, it is so rewarding when they say, Hey Russ, this really helped me or I bought it for my leadership team or we're studying it or I bought it for my kids or whatever it might be. Um, my adult kids, you know, and, and I'm having them read it. And what that's so rewarding when you put out content that's helping someone. That's what we all want to do as leaders, right? Is, 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 positively impact others and create organizations and create ideas and products and services that that are that are people want and that help them in whatever industry we might be in so yeah i'm kind of <laughs> i'm kind of giddy about about uh, writing another book okay hopefully that's helpful hopefully i've given you some ideas some things to think about that uh, will cause you to think about well, what am i doing what do i need to be doing to retain my best talent because if you haven't adjusted the way you're leading in the last three, six months, you're going to lose talent because they've changed. Your employees have changed and they're, they're talking to people. Even if your industry or the way you work didn't go fully virtual or didn't get disrupted that much, which please tell me the industry that that is like, I haven't found it yet. But even if that were the case, your employees are having dinner and talking to people and living with people and related to people who are talking about all these sorts of things. Well, that's going to affect them. And so if the way that our employees um, think changes and their expectations change, well, then what does that mean about us as leaders? We can't be stagnant. We can't be leading in the same way we were three or six months ago or a year ago. That does not work. And so it's not just products and services and branding that's got to be innovative. We as leaders have to be innovative. And so um, hopefully in this episode, I've got you thinking about that a little bit. What could you be doing to retain talent or to go grab some of that talent that's out there right now? Like they're, they're, the free agent market has never looked better. Like there's so much great talent out there right now. So if you've got C-level people on your team and you're putting up with it, you're crazy, right? Like upgrade. That's what teams do. Take a take a, a sheet out of the playbook of professional sports teams. Go upgrade that talent. Do a trade. Move that person out. 
the, the, the market, like the amount of transactions, if you think about it as like a, a farmer's market, the number of, of employees that are putting themselves out there that are putting, you know, a tag for sell for hire available on, on their, on their chest or on, you know, their lapel, it's huge right now. And so any, there, there's should be no leader that's putting up with C-level talent right now. Like, time to upgrade. So what could you be doing to attract people who have experienced some of these changes that I just talked about? So you want to hold on to your best talent. You got to make sure you're adapting to where you're doing that, knowing that they've changed. And then you want to attract the killer talent that's out there right now. All right, enough said. I got I to gotta wrap this. I'm already like 10 minutes too long. I'm trying so hard, you all, <laughs> to make these like 15-minute episodes and I am failing hard. Okay, if you haven't, Connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm going to be talking a ton. What you heard me talk about in this episode, like this book, I'm going to write in public. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be floating ideas and sharing things and asking for ideas. And so you may have a story or may have an experience or a thought that, uh, that I'm going to want to put in the book. So if we aren't connected on LinkedIn, connect to me. And then in the next week or two, I'm going to be posting a ton more. I'm back off. I'm back on the grid. And, uh, and when it comes to social media, and I'd love for you to, uh, to engage with some of that content, help me and help Jared Jones and I, my colleague, um, who is helping me write this book. We're writing it together. I'm helping him. He's helping me. Um, it's a joint project. We're super excited about it. Um, help us write that. So if you aren't connected, the link to connect with me on LinkedIn is in the show notes. Hope you're healthy, everybody. Hope you're getting a break. Hope you're getting off the grid. Hope your summer is going well, if it's summer where you're at. And I'll talk to you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Are you getting my emails as well? Every week, I'm writing an article designed to strengthen your ability to lead others. Are you seeing these? If you're not, join the more than 5,000 people who are reading them. They've subscribed for free. Just go to RussHill.me. Start getting those weekly leadership articles at Hill. my name, Dot M E at that site, by the way, you can also learn more about my online courses and coaching sprints. If you've got interest in that as well, Russ Hill dot me.